Welcome back to the Hottest Take Sports Podcast presented by Sim Sports. This is your host, John Ashkar. And today with me, I have a very, very special guest, Ohio State point guard, Abel Porter. Welcome to the show, Abel. Hey, appreciate it. Glad we're, to be here. Yeah, we're super glad to have you, Abel. For you guys that don't know Abel, he's a 6'3 point guard. He's actually transferring to Ohio State this year. It will be his first year with the team as a graduate transfer from Utah State, where he actually walked on. Great story. He's from Davis High School in Utah. And the past two years at Utah State, Abel's played and started in 51 games, all 34 last season, in which he averaged 5.6 points, 3.2 assists. And he takes academics pretty seriously, too, because he was an academic all-Mountain West and white scholar athlete all four years there. So it's pretty impressive, Abel. Yeah, the, the bar is not too high, so I'm glad that I got, I forgot that I met it. <laughs> well, there you go. But as long as you're doing both well, you're in great shape. So, Abel, in high school in Utah, you were a two-time first-team All-State player and even had a D1 offer to play at the University of Hawaii. But you decided to take time off from basketball after all that success and take an LDS trip to Russia, Latter-day Saints, right? Yeah, yep, that's right. So, what kind of made you just decide to do that? Um, Yeah, it's kind of... Growing up uh, as a Latter-day Saint um, in the Church of Jesus Christ, uh, it's kind of something you aspire to do, serve mm-hmm. a mission, and mm-hmm. um, it's not something that I necessarily always knew I was going to do, but as I got into high school, I decided to, to in order to share my faith and to uh, be the best person that I could be, that I wanted to go serve a mission. And, and in the church, it's two years, mm-hmm. um, and you kind of just devote yourself to everything but basketball and social life and um, it was ended up being a great experience. I, I attribute a lot of the things that I've learned and became to those two years that I spent in Russia. Mm-hmm. So just talking more about that trip, what exactly did you learn from that two-year trip and I know it must have been hard to stay in shape for basketball but what did you at least try to do while you're over there? Um, yeah, starting with what I learned, I mean as an 18-year-old kid you get kind of dropped off in the middle of Russia uh-huh. uh, with another guy and it's just you two and you're in the middle of a big city and you learn to become independent really quick mm-hmm. and that was one of the things is I just learned that at 18 years old I could take care of myself wherever in the world and then also you learn some accountability mm-hmm. just you aren't always being watched over there's leaders that are miles and miles away that you have rules and your leaders are far away and if you don't follow the rules no one's not going to know but mm-hmm. um, trying to be trying to be accountable and to have character uh, right. was really important while I was out there and things that kind of propel you in life mm-hmm. um, and so yeah just like then I just learned the the importance of work and just right. kind of having a passion for going out and doing things even when it's hard even when it's cold um, just going outside and for us it was trying to share a message about Jesus Christ to people mm-hmm. and we had to go outside to do that and talk to people outside and sometimes it was really cold and sometimes you really didn't want to do it but uh, it was kind of just a commitment you'd made a commitment when you went out there and you were going to do the work and so that's kind of transferred over into everything else I do yeah and it, it definitely shows with your journey for basketball too that's a great transition to our next question I was talking to my friend yesterday we're like this dude has a great story literally 
taking two years off and then walking onto a D1 program. I think that's pretty incredible, to be honest. So you took those two years off in Russia, served the church, and then you went on to walk onto a D1 team at Utah State, and then you were later awarded a scholarship there after walking on. Just how hard was it for you to get back into basketball and basketball shape? And then did you even expect to make it that far with like getting a scholarship and everything? Um, yeah, first part, how easy was it to get back into shape? Not easy. <laughs> uh, I mean, for, for two years, you don't really, I mean, you try and work out, but like, I didn't touch a basketball for two years. It's yeah. the short way of saying that. So, um, not being able to touch basketball or really think about basketball and not really staying in shape or having the resources to stay in an right. actual mm-hmm. shape. So when I got back, it was brutal. I was fat, to be honest, and I was out of shape. And the summer that I got back, it was mm-hmm. a lot of just a lot of getting back into basketball, but like also just getting my body back into being able to compete right. in a sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was like the first and foremost thing, and then the basketball could come later. Right. Um, so yeah, but when I walked on, um, I'll be honest, my expectations were high at the start but throughout my first year like I lost belief in myself I just I wasn't good at basketball I was out of shape still Uh trying to get back into things and I was like man I'm never gonna get back to where I was like I'm not any good I might as well just bag this whole thing so yeah I broke my foot my first year and going into my second year I was like all right I'm a walk on. I broke my foot, so I might as well give it another chance. Mm-hmm. And so I gave it another chance my second year, and it still was just kind of okay. Didn't have a ton of success, relatively speaking, um, but I had a little more belief in myself. And then my third year, we got a new coaching staff uh, that I had a really good feeling about, and mm-hmm. so decided to just go back a third year, and that's kind of when everything took off and everything changed for me. All right, starting 51 games over that two-year span. It's really impressive. And talking more about uh, that freshman year, you injured, you broke your foot, you said, and you were only able to play three games that season. What did you like learn from that injury, and how did that kind of change your attitude towards the game? Um, yeah, I learned, first of all, that every game, every second you get on the basketball court is precious. Because uh-huh. you can break a bone, tear your ACL and who knows if you'll ever make it back from there. Right. Um, and then it also gave me a chance. I feel like as a freshman, and this is not just true for me, but for any freshman, uh, you kind of just get so caught up in everything that's happening. Right. From high school, from high school to division one basketball is such a big step and, and you can kind of get so caught up in practices uh-huh. and wanting to be this type of player and trying to figure out your role that when I broke my foot, it gave me a chance to be a part of it Uh but to just see what the path was Uh for me to see kind of take a step back and not have to worry about going and playing every day but seeing okay what do the successful players do Mm -hmm. what fits my way all right how does this coaching staff interact with the team how can I best help the team and what like my skills how did they apply to the team And, and being able to kind of step back and see the bigger picture I think really benefited me down the road I, I feel like that's kind of like a common theme with college basketball programs, especially someone like Coach Holtman. 
like you don't really see freshmen getting a lot of playing time but as you see people progress through their program they keep getting better and better every year like a good example is somewhere like Villanova you know mm-hmm. so yeah for sure I can def- and a lot of times it's just like you gotta earn it uh-huh. like for freshmen it's sometimes like for me I don't know that I would learn a lot if I had just walked on the court and just been given playing time even if I wasn't ready or was ready mm-hmm. a lot of times even really talented players they just have to go out and earn it right um they'll feel more peace with themselves and, and it'll make the team a little more trusting of the player. So talking about this journey more and earning trust with a new team even. So you're in Utah. What brought you all the way out to Ohio? And how big of a part did playing in the tournament, Utah State played in the tournament, I think it was two years ago, if I'm correct? In yes, in a year and a half ago. The last time March Madness was played. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> What effect did also having raising a family somewhere play on like your decision to pick a new city and pick a new college to go play at? Yeah, for sure. Um, so when I entered the transfer portal, the original idea was to just figure out a place that kind of fit everywhere. I wanted the best basketball mm-hmm. uh, fit for myself. Right. Um, but yeah, I also wanted a place that I could raise a family. I, I knew that my wife was pregnant and I wanted a place that uh, was friendly and comfortable for us and and a lot of my decision was based off of coaching staffs and uh-huh. who I felt most comfortable with and who I thought could help me and I felt that I fit in their team and who I felt was honest because mm-hmm. being recruited during the whole pandemic made it really difficult right. because you couldn't go see the place uh, you couldn't go meet the coaching staff in person so a lot of it it's just based off of feel mm-hmm. and how you feel towards someone and kind of just going over FaceTime and talking on the phone. And so, uh, yeah, for me, when I started talking to the coaching staff, um, from the get-go, I had a really good feel of who they were. Um, I felt like they were honest with me. I didn't feel like they were just blowing smoke and telling me what I wanted to hear. Right. And then along with that, I'd been to Columbus, and my wife had been to Columbus the year before uh, when we were just engaged at that point. And we both liked it. We both kind of got a weekend there because we lost the first day. We had a weekend there to just kind of walk around the city. And it all just kind of felt right. And so, yeah, it was, it was hard being recruited throughout the pandemic. So it was just kind of like a gut feeling, kind of just like everything. This checks all the boxes that mm-hmm. I want to check. So I guess I'll just go with it. It's crazy how everything just works out like that. Yeah, no, for sure. And talking more just on your family, you and your wife, how did your perspective on just life in general change when you first got married and then had a child? And congrats on the child again. Thank you, yeah. Um, yeah, perspective changes a lot. Uh, I mean, as a basketball player, and I probably speak for most basketball players, when like, <laughs> basketball is king. And my wife would still tell you today that basketball is king <laughs> in our relationship, but... Um, it just, that's all you ever think about from the time when I was five years old. All I could think about was I want to play basketball, mm-hmm. I want to play basketball. And then once you get married and, again, try and see kind of the bigger picture in life of, okay, basketball is going to end. Where do I want to be when basketball ends? Because mm-hmm. uh, basketball isn't forever, right. uh, even though I would, I would love it to be forever. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I was kind of just taking a step back and knowing that basketball is going to be – ending not going to be ending was going to end and i wanted to have a family i wanted to 
uh, be able to provide for that family. And then recently, two weeks ago today, actually, uh, our we had a baby girl named Ronan. It's amazing. And she, yeah, it was that was like another life changing moment where it was like, wow, like basketball means nothing. <laughs> That's what I felt in that moment. Like uh-huh. everything means nothing. Like right. this is everything. And yeah, it was just an incredible experience. And, and all you can think about is just how you want to make the right decisions uh, for both of my girls, for my wife and my daughter and uh, trying to make the decisions that'll be best for us as a family and not just uh, trying to make a decision that is selfish and centered around me. Mm-hmm. You said, uh, it's Ronan, the newborn? Ronan, yeah, R-O-N-A-N, Ronan Porter. Ronan Porter, that has a ring to it. Um, yeah, Ro- Ronan Ray Porter is her name. I, that's, just, that's so awesome, dude. I can't even imagine. So going more on with your basketball journey, so you were able to go to summer training, you said, for about half of it. What were you guys able to do there with all of the quarantine and social distancing and everything? Yeah, it was definitely a different looking summer, um, and I I didn't really know what to expect when I got there, mm-hmm. um, but it was just a lot of small group weightlifting, and then um, we got individual times that we could use the gym, mm-hmm. um, and this is after, obviously, the proper quarantine when we got there. Every single one of us had to quarantine for a certain amount of time. And when we're in the gym, we're wearing our masks, we're social distancing, we can't have more than however many people in a certain group together. Mm-hmm. Um, we sanitize, spray, wipe everything down after we're done with it. Foods to go, we're not showering there or spending time there that's not needed. Uh, it's just you're in and you get your work done and then you basically get out of the building. Yeah. <laughs> the least interaction you can possibly do. And yeah, talking exactly. talking about more conditioning and training, how do you how do you condition and train during quarantine with like just limited facilities and everything open? Yeah, it was it was really hard. Um, luckily I I had facilities, private facilities out here in Utah that I could always play basketball at. Mm-hmm. And that was like a huge blessing for me. Um, just always being able to get shots up. Mm-hmm. Um, what I found the hardest personally was just weightlifting and training and stuff because I didn't have a gym I could go to or a rack or dumbbells right. or anything like that. It was kind of just you had a basketball court that you could condition on and mm-hmm. I could do some push-ups and some sit-ups and that was about it. Um, and obviously we, we have great resources at Ohio State. Right. So our strength coach would send us a, a take-home uh, workout, and you kind of just would have to make the most of what you had. Right. Um, but the biggest thing it came down to was just motivation to actually work out, because sometimes when you don't have an official place where you work out or where you do things, it can be hard to kind of motivate yourself to go do it. And so right, you can just it, it was hard at the beginning of getting used to, but you kind of got the feel throughout the summer. Exactly, yeah, you, you just gotta be innovative. Um, yeah, exactly. So talking about this coaching staff that you're partnering up with, what are you most excited to work with with Coach Holtman, and where do you think he and his staff can make the biggest impact on your game? Um, yeah, I mean, just in general, Coach Holtman and the rest of the staff uh, are just, first of all, awesome character-wise. Um, they're just 
kind and have the players in mind first and foremost always. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's important when it comes to a coaching staff is uh, a player's first mentality. Uh, and also I feel like they have a vision of what the team can be. Mm-hmm. And, and being able to kind of lock in with that vision with them, uh, I think will be super beneficial. But, I mean, they just know the game really well. I come from a team where scouting reports were in-depth and detailed. Yeah. And these coaches are the exact same way. And so uh-huh. I think that uh, it'll just be smooth running with them and figuring out how they want us to play and mm-hmm. how we want them to coach. Yeah, I'm, he, he definitely knows what he's doing. So I'll be excited to see you kind of just come into this and just play out. Um, yeah, no, I'm excited. So talking more about the season, what goals do you have for the season for both yourself and just for the team? Um, yeah, for myself, uh, a lot of times for me, it's just finding a role. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this has been, I mean, the pandemic has really screwed with a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of times you can figure out kind of where you're at on the team and get to know your teammates and mm-hmm. get integrated with the team in the summer. And this year, it wasn't it wasn't as easy. Uh-huh. Got to know the guys and hung out a lot, but we didn't really get to play five on five or anything. Mm-hmm. And so you didn't really get a feel for where you're at on the team. So that's obviously a big goal of mine is trying to figure out the role uh, uh-huh. that the team needs me to be in and, and then fulfill that. Um, but as a team, right now, I don't I don't know uh, what a season's going to look like. Um, but it's obviously win a big win the Big Ten get to the tournament obviously and then do damage in the tournament and that's always the goal and and i think we have a good enough team to be able to do that this year yeah you you guys definitely do and like you said it's going to be hard to kind of integrate this team with like you coming in jimmy i know but he can't play someone like seth too and then you have eugene and zed so there's definitely a lot of new faces and but yeah and then we have a couple guys coming off of injury that Uh didn't even play last year so it's like a lot of new guys coming on the team, coming on the court at the same time. <laughs> the talent's definitely there, though, and the coaching staff yeah. is too. So, just lastly, do you think this team's even going to play this upcoming season? Like, what's your thoughts on it? Um, yeah, I don't really have that many thoughts, just because our coaches are obviously super communicative with it, the whole team. But to be completely honest, football kind of comes first, right? Yeah, that was the first season, mm-hmm. and I don't think we've gotten to the point where we're to making decisions for basketball. Um, From what I've been told, we're going to have a season. Uh, It's going to look different. No one really knows what it's going to look like, but from what I've been told, we're going to be playing games, and however that is, I think we'll be ready. Yeah, hopefully you can experience a full Shotstein Center. It's pretty awesome. I know. I I wanted to experience a full shoe also. It was like devastating when I heard that. You'll, de- you'll definitely be invited back, so you're not going to miss out. <laughs> so are you ready for some quick questions? Yeah, for sure. Awesome. So your favorite NBA team growing up? Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz. Your favorite player growing up? Uh, Tracy McGrady. Ooh, that's a good one. What other sports did you play in high school? Uh, yeah, I played baseball and football. Did you play those all the way out through your senior year? Uh, no, I did not play baseball through my senior year, just my freshman year, and then football all the way through my senior year, yeah. Awesome. Who has been the hardest person that you've had to guard in college so far? Oh, that's a good one. 
Let's see. I'm trying to think. Lou Dort. He plays for the Thunder right now. Mm-hmm. Just big and physical. Uh, he was always tough to guard. And I'm trying to think of maybe some of the other guys. I feel like we always played wings, and I never guarded the wings. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lou Dort. I mean, he yeah. was he was big. Oh, and Jordan Ford. Uh, he's a little small point guard from St. Mary's. Yeah, we've played we played them this year at St. Mary's, a great team, and and he's just kind of a quick little crafty dude, and mm-hmm. and I it was tough. It was a tough guard. I remember that night. It was a long night. Yeah, they always St. Mary's always has a good program, and they have a Cleveland legend, Delhi. He's from there too. So. Yeah, exactly, Delhi. <laughs> so, um, is there a teammate that you've kind of buddied up with so far? Um. I mean, I kind of got to know everyone really well. I, I roomed with Jimmy and Justin when I was there for a couple of weeks, and we became really good friends. And hit the, hit the gym with Gene a couple of times, just me and him, and we became close. But uh, yeah, it's not, not as much hanging out as I would have loved to do, just because of the whole situation. But just getting in a group message with all the guys has been good. Awesome. So when you're on the court and on offense, do you have a go-to move? Some of the sauce on the go to move yeah. on offense. No, I would not say I have a go to move, I'll be honest. <laughs> I got you. I don't I don't have a go to move, man. <laughs> it's I, all good. I don't know if that's good or bad. Just as long as you're efficient, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm all about efficiency. There you go. And then the last one, so who's your favorite musical artist and what do you have running on your pregame playlist before a game? Uh, my favorite musical artist. I mean I know everyone says this, but I'm like, I love all kinds of music. So uh-huh. like, I mean, right now, rap, Drake just dropped a new song. I think uh-huh. Drake's always top five, um, but also like, just like different types of music. Like, I don't know if you ever heard of Jack Johnson, just no, like I, some I guitar yeah. chill music. Yeah, uh-huh. Jack Johnson and, and Bone Iver and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm into kind of everything. You could go across the whole musical spectrum. Uh, for a pregame, I kind of like to keep it cool. Like, I don't try and get hyped up or uh-huh. anything. So, yeah, I'm, like, playing some Jack Johnson or some island music, mm-hmm. kind of just trying to calm my nerves before a game and, right. and kind of just stay with it myself and not get super hyped up or mm-hmm. get my body, like, going. I'm not that type of guy. Got it. That's a good, that's a good strategy. You're not the first person to say that, so you're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's all I have, Abel. Thank you so, so much for coming on the show. It was, it was great having you. Yeah, this is awesome. Thanks for having me. This is super cool. Thank you, and just good luck with everything. Good luck with your journey at Ohio State, and good luck with your family. I appreciate it. Thank you. And real fast, I have a quick message from our sponsor, Manscaped. Live sports are back. It's very possible that we see an NBA playoffs matchup between the Clippers and the Nuggets. That's why our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure your nuggets are as safe as possible when that matchup happens. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HTSP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use code HTSP. Take your grooming game to the next level. Thank you, Manscaped. Really appreciate you guys sponsoring this. And thanks to you guys if you made it this far listening to the Hottest Take Sports Podcast. Today's intro beat was made by Black Lions Beats on YouTube. We'll have a link to it in the description. Also, make sure you all go give Abel a follow on Instagram at Abel underscore Porter 
and on Twitter at AH underscore Bell. Huge thanks to Abel for coming on the show. It was a pleasure. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to stay updated with our show and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the hottest underscore take pod. Also, make sure you rate the show and leave some feedback. Thanks again, y'all, and see you next time.